BeckQL Daily here, the BeckQL Network. Joe O, Joe G with you. Yes, last night the Yankees lose again. They're chanting fire Boone there. Fire Aaron Boone as that game closes. So a lot of issues with the Yankees. Some value last night if you took it on the Angels, even though Shohei Otani did not even get out of the first inning. The Angels come all the way back to win that game. Joe, it was a crazy night in Major League Baseball for sure. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. And, and it, what's, what's fascinating about it is the, the initial reaction from last night is going to be, are are you going to move off of Otani as the MVP? Guy that suddenly moved to the favorite earlier this week. But uh, we can discuss that with our guy, Sean Zarillo from the Action Network at Sean Zarillo on Twitter. How are you doing to get, today, Sean? You know, I had the Yankees money line last night and to see the Red Padres <laughs> in, I believe the sixth inning of a two-run game, that's why they play all nine innings. You, you go back out there and you finish the ball game. So it's frustrating to lose a bet on a rain delay in a two-run game and then that game resumes. I also had the Yankees under, actually, so I was hoping that we might get a push, get that total canceled. So somehow that game restarted and I ended up losing two bets. But oh, we brutal, go. man. On to the next act. Boone looked completely lost after that Chapman gave up that home run. That was ugly. Well, let, let's start with these awards. And as long as DeGrom has a decent amount of starts, not, you don't even have to get to 30, which he won't. But uh, he, that's locked up. The LMVP is not locked up, but right now it's a two-man race. The AL Cy Young with uh, Garrett Cole's uh, lack of effectiveness in June. It, it appears that's opened up. And the same thing with the NL MVP. Which one is more wide open, AL Cy Young or NL MVP? Oh, that's a really good question. I'm going to say NL MVP just because you have DeGrom in there kind of mixing things up. There's only been three pitchers in the past 31 years, so the past 62 MVPs, only three pitchers have won the award. Right now, and what I'm going to mention a lot is wins above replacement. Uh, why that's important, 20 of the past 22 MVP winners and nine of the past 10 Cy Young winners all finished in the top three in their respective leagues and wins above replacements. So that's a number that I generally look to at preseason projections. It's a number I look to at updated projections within seasons. Right now in the NL, DeGrom has 4.4 wins above replacement. Tatis is at 3.9. Acuna is at 3.7. And then everybody else is under 3.5. I think there is a pretty clear top three just based on those numbers. But if you look at projections going forward and where guys are expected to finish up at the end of the year, Acuna is actually outpacing Tatis because Tatis has some problems on the defensive end. He's minus five in defensive run saves. That's 30 at the shortstop. Acuna kind of plays a wash at defensive outfield, but he's a fantastic hitter. He projects as a better hitter going forward than Tatis, surprisingly. So I do think that there might be value on Acuna a little bit at plus 450. But if you're going further down the board in the NL, I still like Max Muncy at 100 to 1. We talked about him last time. He's still at yep. 3.2 wins above replacement. He's accumulating the most stats and the most playing time in that Dodgers lineup. Then Trey Turner, if the Nationals can get back into this, Trey Turner at 50 to 1, considering he's been the more effective guy between him and Soto, because Soto's had some problems in the defensive outfield as well. Trey Turner at 50 to 1, I don't think is a terrible stat, but at that price range, I'd probably prefer Muncy. Who's I mentioned tied up with him in terms of war right now. Sean, when the AL is now moved, it's Otani is is now in, in the minus money. You get plus money on Vladimir Guerrero Jr. It, how much do you think the narrative is going to play into this? You mentioned wins above replacement. Otani 
likely will lead there because he's doing it on both sides, assuming he does it well all season long on the pitching and the hitting side. But but how much do you think it's going to play in that, man, he's doing something no one's ever done before, especially if both of these two leaders, co-leaders, Guerrero Jr. and Otani, both miss the playoffs. So that kind that narrative's thrown out the window. A hundred percent. Yeah, I, I think the narrative is absolutely already built in for Otani. You've seen so many people around the baseball world just calling him the best baseball play, player on the planet right now, considering he plays on the same team as Mike Trout. I think that's quite the accomplishment to have already achieved. So I, I think the narrative is already built in. People are already recognizing the talent that Otani is. And I think if everything is close at the end of the year, and his only other viable competition is a guy who also hasn't made the playoffs, I certainly think he'll get the nod. If you look at his combined pitching and hitting wins above replacement right now, he's at 4.7. Vlad is just at 4.7 on the hitting side, so they're knotted up. But Marcus Semien is one of the only other players who has a teammate who's in the top five. And so Vlad, Semien, maybe some votes getting taken away there. If you're looking for a longer shot, though, I think there's a couple of guys who interest me. I've mentioned Jose Ramirez a few times this season. Going forward, he's projected to finish fourth in AL in terms of wins above replacement at this point. So 50 to 1, I still think there's value on there in Ramirez, like there has been for a little bit. But Carlos Correa is 60 to 1. He's projected to finish second and wins above replacement behind Vlad. He's the only guy in a first place team amongst these top candidates. And then, well, I should I should mention Xander Bogarts as well, also on a first place team, projected to finish third. He's got Raphael Beavers potentially splitting some votes with him. But Correa, Bogarts, the two shortstops, 60 to 1, 40 to 1. I think there's value on both of those guys if you're just willing to throw a little sprinkle down on some long shots at this point. What about the American League Cy Young? Uh, Garrett Cole coming off a terrible June for Garrett Cole's standards, and he's still the favorite at every shop. You can find him at points bet at minus 175, second favorite Rodon, third favorite Lance Lynn. Is it worth taking some shots in the AL Cy Young race? I think so, because the top two candidates right now, you mentioned Cole, allowed nine homers in June. Normally, you see a pitcher eight walks, 32 strikeouts, and 31 innings. You're like, sure, he's he's fine. But for Garrett Cole, that strikeout rate is down about a third, a half from where it was previously. You go back to his, his strikeouts in April, and I believe he had 60-something strikeouts in 35 innings. So that strikeout rate is down substantially. Carlos Rodon, love the way he's pitching, should probably be the favorite at this point, just based upon wins of upper placement and the optics of the way things are trending. But he has a pretty notable injury history. So is he going to hold up for another three months? That remains to be seen. Certainly hope he does uh, based on, you know, the story he's created for himself. But again, looking a bit further down the list at two long shots. And these guys are not, you know, the, the gap in terms of wins above replacement in the Cy Young race is nowhere near what it is in terms of the MVP race where there's, you know, almost the full win between Otani, Vlad, and guys like Correa and Bogart. You have all these at 2.8. Uh, Sean Manaya, I believe, is at 2.7 or 2.8. Rodana's at 2.9. They're all right within range of each other. And while Rodana's plus 300 for the AL Cy Young, Eovaldi is 60 to 1. Manaya is 80 to 1. Those guys project to finish fourth and sixth, respectively, in AL pitching war at the end of the year. Rodana is actually projected to finish first or second at this point, depending on how much you project out for Cole. So I, I think the Cy Young race in the AL is pretty tight. And I do think there's some guys at big prices in Eovaldi and Manaya, both of whom are pitching today, by the way, who offer value. So if you're interested in those, might want to get them in before their starts today. Sean, you mentioned uh, looking at a projected war and, and kind of you know 
push forward and look forward in these uh, MVP races. I always like it look at to look at run differential when it comes to how this is going to end up in terms of the standings. And I'm wondering if you see any value on the Toronto Blue Jays in the American League East. They are seven and a half games back right now, six in the lost column for first place. But I look at their run differential. It's plus 69. It is better than the first place Red Sox, almost on par with the second place Rays. And and right now you could get the Blue Jays plus 500. Meanwhile, the Red Sox and Rays almost co-favorites plus 140, plus 160. Do you see value on the Blue Jays to make a run in the second half in the AL East? You know, I don't personally. I think they're a tough team to figure, though, because they're playing in almost a course field up in Buffalo right now, and they have a team that very well suits that type of park and that type of environment. They don't have a lot of pitching depth, but they can break, and they are playing in a park that's going to enhance those slugfests. So, Purely on paper, Fangraphs, Pakoda. I haven't rerun my projections in a little bit, but I would imagine I'd fall in the same place. They're all, if, if they're pointing to any value in AL East right now, they're still pointing at the Yankees, uh, which is surprising because they're so far back at this point. And you know, optically, they're just disintegrating, probably going to have to fire their manager soon. But yeah, no, no particular value for me on, on the Blue Jays in terms of a divisional or World Series future. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't necessarily hate taking a five to one it's just man the the red sox and rays they're going to be tough to overcome just picking up that many games over the next few months with the action network sean zarilla this is betql daily joe ostrowski joe Gilio. uh well sean where is their value elsewhere in the futures market division uh league world series wherever you want to go yeah so the one team who i think has shown World Series value all year, and there's still a 20 to 1 out there on them. Is the Milwaukee Brewers? They're starting to clear off a little bit of a lead in the NL race, NL Central race. Uh, projections out there for right now for them to win the World Series between five and a half to six and a half percent. They should be about plus 1400 to plus 1800 to win the World Series. I mentioned you can get a 20 to 1 out there. There's not a ton of value around the market in terms of World Series futures. Everything is kind of tightened. Um, but the, you know, Milwaukee was one of my teams in the preseason and then the Houston Astros as well. Projections right now, 14% to 18%. They should be around plus 450 to plus 650. You can get them at seven to one right now. So I, I have 30 to one on Houston. I have 75 on Milwaukee. I still think, you know, in season now, given what they've done to this point, down to seven to one on Houston and down to 21 on Milwaukee still offers value. If you're looking at a divisional bet, the Padres potentially, especially with this Bauer situation going on with the Dodgers, you can get the Padres as high as plus. Uh, I'm actually not sure where the number is, but the, I think it's around plus 300, plus 350. You can project them as close to plus 245 to win the division right now, up close to 29%. So I think there might be slight value on the Padres to take the down the NL West at this point. And then the AL Central as well. Cleveland's kind of been getting underrated all year. You've seen all the injuries that have started to pile up for the White Sox. I have some 10-1 to on Cleveland from before the season. They've had a bunch of injuries themselves. Should have Frabo Reyes coming back soon. Who knows what the timeline is for Shane Bieber, but plus 400 on Cleveland. I think they should be closer to plus 250, plus 225. So I, I would be interested in taking a small shot on those two divisional long shots. Sean, I'm curious your thoughts on a team I've been fascinated with all year, the Giants. They're over-under before the season, 75. They're obviously going to clear that. They have 50 wins already. It still seems like most projections, most people out there think, yeah, they're the third in that race in the NLS, but they're still atop that division. Uh, your thoughts on the Giants and how it's progressed and, and, and what you think there's value there. Is there value there on them to win the West, to do something in the playoffs? 
Yeah, in my preseason previews, I said this is the team I was going to bet the most in season from game to game, and it turned out that way. And it's been very profitable for me. I had their win total odor over, and I, I never envisioned them, you know, being atop the division come July 1st. So surprising to everybody, even the most optimistic Giants forecasters. Uh, yeah, the projections still don't like them. They only gave them a 3 to 6% chance to win the division, even with the lead in the division right now, which is kind of surprising. I think it's purely a player development thing. They've almost become like the Rays or the Dodgers or the Brewers and that they're able to extract value out of guys that they're finding as cheap parts in the marketplace. And Farhan Saeed is doing an absolutely incredible job. But I do think that the projection systems are having a tough time reconciling a lot of the performances that they're getting from guys like Gaussman, DeScalfani. And we're pitching above their projections, but they're doing things that are legitimate. So... I think the Giants are still going to offer value on a game-to-game basis. I'm not really interested in their futures at this point because I think they've been knocked down substantially. I know books have a lot of liability with regards to their World Series futures in particular. So not interested in taking any Giants futures. I think the prices have been slashed too far. But game-to-game, especially going against the Dodgers and the Padres, I expect to keep betting them because I don't really think the game-to-game market is adjusted fully. Sean, not sure that we're going to be able to catch up before UFC 264 a week from Saturday, uh, ha- have you placed a wager or are, are you p- figuring out your plan of attack for McGregor Poirier? Yeah, I haven't placed a wager yet, you know, based purely off of line value. I, I would say McGregor would be the side that you should lean towards just from a market perspective, but based on an MMA perspective and experience and who's been sharper, Poirier is obviously the guy. So I'm actually, I'm thinking they might be a little bit more tentative than they were in the past two fights, and you, you may end up looking to play some overs because I'm sure after knockouts and back-to-back fights, everybody's going to be looking to play the inside distance to the under. So my, my initial lean would probably be that I'm going to end up on an over, but no, I don't, I don't have a specific pick for the fight yet. It's uh, certainly going to be a fantastic card, though. Uh, check out Sean's work, actionnetwork.com, at Sean Zarillo on Twitter. You know, it, it's funny. We're uh, close to the halfway mark, trade deadline a month away. It still it feels like with the awards market, there's a lot of value to be had out there. Yeah, just continue to monitor it on a day-to-day, weekly basis. And, you know, these are constantly changing. Joe, I've talked to you a couple times throughout the season, gave out the raise at plus 5-1 to one at one point. I put in an article a few weeks later on the Red Sox at 5-1. to one. You, you could have traded back and forth on a bunch of these divisional futures and ended up with big plus money on multiple teams. Appreciate it, Sean. Let's do this again soon, all right? Take care, guys. Thank you always for having me. Uh, great stuff there from Sean Zarillo. You know, something I, I didn't haven't considered with so much baseball left and the AL MVP races seems like it's going to be one of two guys that you do have an incredible amount of value if something were to happen to both of those guys and m- maybe some slumps, maybe another terrible Otani start or Vlad could go down to an injury. That would open this thing uh, to a ton of players. Yeah, Bogarts, Correa, two names he mentioned that are really interesting. Kind of the Muncies of the AL.